We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Bucks won a f***ing NBA championship. Yeah! What? What? He tries to take a pulse, baby. Watching that basketball game, like, caused health problems for me. Boogie hates racism and Chris Paul. And who cannot get on board with that platform? If I've learned a lot, this, I, I'm not going to say it. That sounds too good. That was good. Roll on. No, 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 no. The Bucks do win it all. Pat Connaughton's numbers should be in the rafters. Hey there. Welcome to the Eurostep, a Milwaukee Bucks podcast, part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network and GSPN. I misspoke. We're doing it live. Also, just big disrespect to Mr. Jordan Tresky and the Win in Six podcast. This is a Eurostep and Win in Six crossover episode. All three of us are here, Jordan, myself, and Rohan Kadi of the Eurostep, soon after the Milwaukee Bucks dispatched, thumped, I believe is the word on I used in the YouTube title, the New York Knicks in their first ever in-season tournament knockoff game to advance to Las Vegas. We are going to have lots of thoughts from this game, and then we'll look forward to the matchup with the Pacers. We'll do our stock, Buck stock market returns from the game. A lot of fun stuff coming up. Very excited to be live on YouTube, hopefully with a bunch of also excited Bucks fans for this one. But first, as always, Rohan, Jordan, how's it going? I mean, doing well. That was a great game by the Bucks. It was sensational, positive three-point shooting variance for the Bucks. It's it's always fun when it's on your side and it's the team you're you're really pulling for. So that's uh, it, it was a fun experience. It was a fun night, fun game. I am overjoyed. Um, the ratings havers, the 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 Nielsen watchers. Won't anyone think of the ratings, Jordan? Won't anyone think of it? Um, the Bucks beat down the Knicks, and I know this is a close game in the first half. It was not that close in the second half. The wheels fell off for the Knicks. Um, Julius Randle came down to earth, and the Bucks kept shooting the lights out. It was as dominant of a performance as we've seen from the Bucks this year. It was probably the biggest margin of victory that we've seen from the Bucks this year, too. I don't think they've had a 24-point win outside of they the Charlotte. Hornets. Yeah, they beat, they beat the Hornets. I can't they, about this Charlotte game. Yeah, they beat the Tar off the Hornets. Um, but yeah, this is a good Knicks team, and the Bucks reduced them to rubble. They 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 just tore them down. Um, and it was, it was good to see them put in a performance like this in, in a very emphatic way. 
146 points against coming into, probably not coming out of it, but what coming into this game was the third best defense and the 12th best offense per defensive and offensive rating in the NBA, New York Knicks. Kind of funny on the preview pod I did with Andrew Claudio of Knicks Film School. I know Rohan also had a good one with Knicks Fan TV, two great Knicks pods here, also on Blue Wire, worth, uh, worth shouting out and worth checking out too. You know, we kind of laughed. That game, the first Bucks knicks game, was kind of a turning point for both teams. The Bucks started dropping, got that win. Everything's been different since then. The Knicks, that was kind of the low point for Julius Randle. They kind of got it together since. And Randle was outstanding. And really, you know, this would have been a crazy game if it's a, a more normal Julius Randle game. Obviously, a bunch of things go either way, but Randle was great. But 146 points for Milwaukee on 32 assists. They shot 59.8% from the field, 60.5% from three, 68.4% from free throw. So um, not ideal on that number, but hey, uh, it's really, I think all the misses were Giannis. That's going to happen sometimes. This was a dominant offensive showing, and it was just very exciting to see, you know, something we've talked about a lot is, you know, much to the chagrin of some folks, the Bucks have not just run Dame Giannis pick and roll. They've run a fairly egalitarian offense. I mean, Damon Giannis have the ball a lot. They take a lot of shots, but the Bucks keep everyone involved. That seemed to really pay off in this game. I mean, you go up and down the box score. Everyone who played outside of Andre Jackson's four seconds in the real part of the game shot 50% or better from, from the field. And most of them much better than 50%. Like, literally, the eight, nine players who played were all offensive weapons at some point in the game. That's really encouraging. It's great to see just the whole team. I mean, the shooting is an outlier. The looks they open up, though, I think have not. I mean, I think you're going to have games like this when it's just constant shots at the rim, constant open threes. So just such a fun offensive game. So great to see just the whole team click, even with the injuries that we've talked about. Yeah, it's just been up and down the roster, like you said, Ty. Just consistent offensive performance in this game. And... I, I'm glad you pointed out it was it was at different points of the game when different times when it was needed at different times is what I'm trying to say. Like you had Bobby Portis coming in, and we'll talk about Bobby. It was a it was a performance for Bobby Portis. I'll put it that way. Um, but like you you have him in the in the second quarter, sort of having like a little five points uh, run by himself right there, sort of uh, getting the Bucks a little bit ahead. And then you have like Malik Beasley coming in and he was consistent all game, but especially in like the second half, that fourth quarter, he started to open things up a lot. And of course, you have Chris starting out hot. You have Giannis starting to extend that lead in the third quarter. And you have Dame sort of pulling the Bucks a little bit ahead in that second quarter when he went on a 13-0 run by himself. And it's just like, yeah, what are you supposed to do when this team is firing on all cylinders? That's what this team is built to do now. They are not a defense first team. They are an offense first team. The Bucs have done a complete shift from being a team where you have to grind up possessions to it's a track meet. You're going to have to outscore us in order to win. And when the Bucs are doing this, you can't outscore. Yeah, I, I totally agree with Rohan. I, the offense, just the sheer level of firepower up and down the entire starting lineup is ridiculous we can easily look at all these runs of how Yana set the tone early on you know when kind of I mean it was the Knicks but it was let's face it it was Julius Randle really being the kind of uh forward on their side during the first half it didn't 
I didn't really, I was not sweating knowing that, oh, it's Dane carrying the load here. It's Chris hitting shots off the dribble. It's, we know Malik Beasley's, <laughs> if you give him an open shot and the Bucks generated plenty of them, they drove in the paint, kicked it out to corners, and it was, they saw daylight. The the Knicks, this is a really good Knicks defense. Really good. It's Tom Thibodeau. We, we know all the superlatives with a Tibbs coach defense. And they, what to me was really shocking was just the way that the Bucks just kind of broke them down systematically, and pretty easily. Like it was not like they they had to work really hard to just get through this really you know uh, stout defense. Like Mitchell Robinson, he was a big factor in the first um, in season tournament game. Non factor today. They just the way that they're shooting the lights out last time out. To tonight was just even more impressive in just the way that they have built that chemistry with that starting unit and then it's just trickled on down with you know if insert campaign for Dame Lillard or find I don't know Marjan hitting threes like he did against the Knicks last time your guy AJ Green AJ Green he I, he had a good uh first quarter run there too it's just the way that this offense can click and just hit shots not always going to be this NBA record level of production, but they're up there. And I know there's been a lot of consternation about the defense and stuff like this, but this offense is just, it's better than we've ever seen it. It's so crazy. Yeah, I was going to, so during the game in our Discord, you can join uh, and find all the links to all of our stuff if you're not familiar at gspn.info. And while I'm doing plugs, everyone watching, please smash the like button. Helps get the link to more, or it gets the video to more people on YouTube. You can also, you know, share the link yourself if you really want to go above and beyond. I always appreciate that. Um, the, the, the history you're talking about, Jordan, is... The Knicks, the last time the Knicks gave up 37 points in the for each of the first three quarters, the Bucks scored 37, 38, 37, was uh, March 2nd, 1962, when Wilt Chamberlain scored 100 points. Like, so it's never happened before. Rohan, don't, don't. This is, I, this is on the level of thinking the moon landing is fake to me. Is this real? People really think it didn't happen. What? I know. Like, like the other team in Hershey, Pennsylvania, for God's sakes. Of course it happened. Like the other team is just like, yeah, we're just going to let them go along with it. I mean, they had to change the, they were, a Robin, no, I know, I know. They were a Robin <laughs> Lopez three away from scoring 37 in all quarters, by the way, they ended with 34 in the fourth quarter. Um, it it was almost the eighth time in franchise history. The Bucks have scored 150 in a game. They've only done it twice since 89. So there was a lot of history uh, on display in this game. Now Andrew Snyder agrees with Rohan, which this probably isn't Rohan's even real take. That's the thing. Rohan yeah. just knows how to, how to needle, how to needle away at the, the fabric of my being. So one thing I want to talk about with the defense, and we'll get back to the offense. We'll go player by player. But I just found this really interesting, and it's felt like kind of a focus to me lately. So the Knicks shot below like below average from three. And you could talk about what the looks were, what they weren't. At 30% is pretty low, 30.4%. But they only attempted 23. Do you know who – that doesn't matter who. Do you know how many threes per game the least three-point shooting team takes this season? So what their average is? 28. Jordan, you want to try? I was going to say 28, so I'll just do the prices right. 29. 29.4. 
the Lakers. So the Knicks, congratulations, Jordan. The Knicks take <laughs> more than six fewer threes than the team last. And it did feel to me, I mean, some of that is Randall's just cooking. It has felt like the Bucks are starting to run teams off that three-point line more and go, you know what? If we kind of play into this bud ball where we're going to make you shoot mid-rangers and stuff, with our offense the way it is, we don't even have to be that good. The math just gets really hard for you. So that is kind of barking up this theory that I had watching this game is that Julius Randle is a he's I view him as this he's an all NBA level player when he has everything going. He's he's a good player. I would much rather accept a 40 point game from him than Jalen Brunson. We saw how it looked like with the Knicks barreling down last time in Milwaukee a month ago or whatever it was. Um, and just how he uh, he affects the defense a lot different than Julius Randle. It's very easy to just get stuck on uh, Sorry, Julius Randle and the way he isos. It slows down the offense. He's a very just methodical kind of guy. Jalen Brunson has those capabilities, but you have that in a point guard that can dissect offenses and make pinpoint passes. Julius Randle, like, I just, that's why I didn't really sweat the Knicks kind of trying to play this shootout run and gun type game with the Bucks because eventually you just can't outlast them. That That is, if there is one thing that I'm believing in this Bucks team and just where they are at, you can outshoot them sometimes. You can out uh, rebound them sometimes, but you just can't outlast them. And it's, I just felt like it was, it was inevitable to see this kind of second half come down for the Knicks and to see the Bucks just kind of, you know, keep on trucking kind of thing. Yeah, it's it's a team where now if you're the Bucks, you if you're an opposing defense and you're an opposing team, if you want in, to get into a shootout with them, like you said, Jordan, you just can't keep up. The Bucks have too many weapons. They have too many good, consistent shooters. They have too many guys, not just shooters, but guys. I think uh, I forget who it was. I think it was Kevin Harlan on the broadcast said that Malik Beasley is a guy who finds his own shot. And I think that's a good way to put it because he's not like a good three-point, only a good three-point shooter. He's a good three-point shooter who will go and find his own shots. Like he will make sure he gets shots up. He won't be like a two-attempt-a-game, 40% for three-point shooter type of guy. Like this Bucks team is filled with guys who are decisive with the basketball and will go get shots if they find an opportunity. So you can't, and especially with the players on this team and starting with Damon Giannis, and then you had Chris into the mix too. There's just too many weapons and the supporting cast is also offensively gifted. So it's just, it's, you can't keep up with them. Um, we're just quickly on, on the Knicks offense again, to your point, Jordan, despite having 41 points, which I actually didn't realize he got there. On uh, 73% shooting, plus another 11 points out of, from 12 attempts uh, at the free throw line. Julius Randle accomplishing all that. The Knicks lost his 36 and a half minutes by 21 points. It didn't matter. He put up 41 points on 19 shots, and it didn't matter. I think a big part of that, you could tell, I think, a little more effort on Jalen Brunson in this game. He took 22 shots, but a 10 of 22 for 24 points. Missed all five of his threes. I don't think he had... Very many good looks. A lot of them where he was he was trying to match Dame. And it's like, you know, Jalen Brunson, a nice player. It, mm, there's levels to this. There's that's Dame. That's can't do that's that against Fox point guards anymore. That's a, yeah, that's a different uh, you, you're not gonna win that battle anymore. Um trying to trying to right. match what the Bucks, 
Yeah, well, <laughs> uh, speaking of Drew, the Bucks are now a half a game back of first place in the East, by the way, because the Celtics lost. So they are moving on up in the standings, despite maybe not even being a good basketball team, depending on who you ask. But the Bucks' offense, let's get back to Giannis and Dame, which we did it again. In fairness, talking about the 146, you kind of have to talk about Giannis and Dame, and we mentioned them a bit. Giannis in this game thought he might have to leave the game early in the first quarter because he fell on Mitchell Robinson. And like you could tell, he he twisted his ankle. He stayed down. He, he kind of got up and hobbled back into the play. And literally through my mind, I'm like, ah, he's getting a little older now. Maybe he can't just shake those off anymore. Maybe maybe we're going to have to see if the Bucks can do it without him. Nope. Stays on the court, works it out, just keeps going. Superhuman. Scores the scores like the next two possessions. Yeah. And I was just like, no. is this just adrenaline? No, he looked like fine the rest of the game. I don't I don't he, he just shakes it like Jan, he just tightens the shoelace. He does the LeBron. It's yeah. like that, it's like that gif of Captain America in the Avengers where he just tightens the shield over his broken arm or whatever. It's like, yeah, like or Henry let's go. Cavill, Henry Cavill and Mission Impossible with the little like his remember his fists? Yeah, your pocket appears out of nowhere <laughs> in that game. <laughs> I'll make a superhero also, healing reference too, and uh, Batman fixes his own broken back in The Dark Knight Rises. I mean, the Mission Impossible wasn't a superhero movie. Oh, so. but, but the guy played Superman. Tom Cruise is a, a modern day superhero. That's true. <laughs> He's real, damn it. <laughs> Uh, sure but but yeah yeah Giannis really uh he he was dominant he was imposing in this game and he did have some foul trouble like he sat in that second quarter a lot because he picked up three fouls because uh Julius Randle uh is one of the one of the few guys in the league who can sort of give Giannis his own medicine uh in in terms of like contact driving to the rim like he he plays a similar brand of bully ball. It's just less effective. Uh, it's just not. It's not a shot. He's just not as good a player as Giannis. Yeah. Uh, but Giannis is just dominating on the interior. He's done taking these stupid threes. He's just back to methodically cutting his way towards the defense, setting his setting his teammates up. Ten assists in this game, and that's because he was reading defenses really well. Once everyone collapsed on him, he was able to find guys either in the corner, in the dunker spot a few times. You kick, he had some crazy passes in this game. And it's just good to see that Giannis is like, yeah, he's he's comfortable operating with this much space. That's almost like it's the ideal type roster you build around a guy like Giannis. It's just like space beyond belief. And he's going to thrive on the offensive end. It's crazy how that works. And <laughs> it's just, it, it, was, it was a dominant performance by the most dominant player in the league. I can't say anything better than that. The possession <laughs> where it looked like he was going to take a jumper on the right block. Uh, Mitchell Robinson was guarding him pretty his second half. It was around when the Knicks went on. You know, they kind of they got back, especially. I don't know if it was early fourth or if it was in the third. In the early fourth, the Knicks went on a little 7-0 yeah, run in the Bucks. 7-0 run, yeah. Yeah. Somewhere around, you know, it was second half. And I was like, oh, this if this is a jumper, this could go bad. And he kind of fakes. And you, you can always kind of see like he stands there for a minute. And he doesn't take it right away, but usually that means. And I don't know, maybe Mitchell Robinson thought that too. He just gathers, gets right past Mitchell Robinson enough, gets the shoulder into him a little bit, and just lays it in. And it was like the the strength and burst are still there, but he's so under control now. And you could see like he got a, a bad charge. I mean, it shouldn't have been a charge in the first half. And I think he had three fouls at that point. 
he ended the game with three fouls. Like he's able to play within himself without losing that explosiveness, work the angles, you know, work contact smarter. I mean, I think really deserves a lot of credit. And we've given it to him for sure, but he was so in control in this game. 15 of 22, one for one from three, only taking the smart threes now. Uh, four for nine of free throw, so a bad free throw shooting game, but those will happen for Giannis. Ten assists, three steals, eight rebounds, four turnovers, 35 points. Just just dominant. I mean, what more can you say? Nothing. Nothing. I, I can't say anything. It, it, it was, he's been just really, really good, even at Giannis's um, already very high standard. So speaking of really, really good, Damian Lillard in this game had 13 shot attempts plus eight free throws. So we'll say 17 shooting possessions. We, we won't we won't try and fudge the numbers. On those 17 shooting possessions, he had 28 points, added another seven assists for good measure, plus three rebounds, a steal, and a block. Five for seven from deep. Actually shot better from three than from two. Um, I think anyone who was worried about the efficiency can not worry anymore. I mean, it's... This was like the, the kind of game, and I think we've said this after almost every game, the kind of game you go get a Damian Lillard for, no matter what the cost is. I mean, he's unguardable. The pick and roll with him and Brooke or Giannis, it's just so effortless. And the crazy thing is that shot is pretty much just there every time. Like, whenever he wants it, he can step into that shot. And he's clearly getting into a rhythm on that shot. And I, I really don't know what you do. Because if you send two to him, you're just dead in the interior. This, this is what we imagined when we saw Damian Lillard being a second option on this team, being the second best player on this team is like, yeah, he's massively overqualified to be your second best player. And that's how you have to build a roster out is you have to, everyone has to be overqualified for their role, uh, except for maybe the top guy, but that's really how things work. But it's, it's just like these type of games are where you see, yeah, Dame in, as a second option will be like, yeah. I'm just going to go step into my own shots. I'm going to find my own shots. I have the rhythm. I have the space. And if I'm not feeling it, I can just give it to the big fellow who's just dominating, right? Like it's 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 a perfect microcosm of what this Bucks team can really be. And I why, why I think this game is really important. Obviously, they're not going to shoot this well again, like you mentioned, Jordan. Uh, but they're just it's it's the it's the shot quality that is what really really impressed me in this game. This is against a hard-nosed defense, and you have Damian Lillard on 17 shooting possessions, you want to say, getting 28 points, and it looks effortless. It looks easy. And he's also getting other teammates involved in the flow of the offense. And by the way, like I mentioned, Giannis is doing his thing. And Chris, we have to talk about Chris later, but you you have all three of these guys firing on all cylinders. But yeah, Dame, Dame 28 points, efficient shooting. That's what you want to see. Like this is this is an ideal game as a buck game, not necessarily like taking over for the entire game, but portions where he has the show to himself, where he can assert himself as that top 75 all time player that he is and say, yeah, I'll go get mine. But I don't have to for the entirety of the game because the rest of the team is around there to pick me up. Yeah. Second game this season where he's hit five threes. I think the the biggest kind of not, it's not a game changer. We're talking about one of the best shooters of all time, but for me, it's like how we think of Dame Lillard. It's it's getting downhill. It's hitting those deep threes, J- pace and space, and just how modern offenses work. For me, him hit, hitting those kind of like off balance, 
Chris Milton type shots in mid range where he's kind of probing the defense. He kicks it back and has enough separation where he can just throw it up there. He started to hit those at a solid clip and it's enough to kind of throw defenses off balance where it's like, okay, we know if you're going to get it within the, the three point line, we're going to, you know, put bodies in the paint. It's, it's, it's not really rocket science how they're going to defend him that way. But the, the things that he's doing just to kind of pepper in little, little things like that, it adds to just kind of this overall how he's finding the offense and how he's been able to orchestrate the offense. And Rowan's completely right. We don't need Dame Miller to take over. We don't even need Giannis to take over. The fact that we're talking about this entire starting unit clicking the way that it is offensively, even on an outlier's shooting performance. It just shows you that these guys have got enough chemistry and it can, has a lot more room to grow. It already is at a level where they know how to play through with one another and they're not missing a beat, even if guys are not having the best performances or anything like that. It was it was as quiet of a dominating performance as we probably would expect from Damian Lillard. And that includes a, th- a personal 13-point run at the end of um, uh, end of the first half. So it's it's stuff like that that like it, that's what excites me about where the the Bucks are already at and where we're talking about this in what game 21. There's there's 61 more of these this regular season or 62 if they keep going on this cup run. Um, and I'm just, I, I really like what we're seeing from the offense. I mean, it's hard not to like anything from what we're seeing from the, from the offense so far. Do you guys know what the Bucks' record is when Damian Lillard scores 20 points in a game this season? Six, 10 and uh, 2. Rohan? 10 and 2. I'll go, I'll go, what should I go? I'll go 13 and 1. 14 and 1 after tonight. Very close, Rohan. I was I thinking mean, about yeah. I was I pulled the stat up yesterday. So. Okay, I, somebody. Threw no, it in no, the I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Oh, oh. <laughs> that, that was a good pull. Then someone threw it in the Discord earlier, and I had to go check and make sure. Like when he's had a, a pretty, you know, that's a pretty normal offensive game for him. We know Giannis. It's very rare if he plays a whole game for him to not to score in that in that area. I mean, the Bucks have just basically won every single game. Like it's that. That's a ridiculous stat. Like it takes a severe outlier Dame game for them to lose so far this season. I, except for uh, the one game, I'm guessing, was Boston. Oh, and he, oh, didn't, yeah. he didn't play two games as well. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, he didn't. It, he When he plays, and they've lost both of the games he hasn't played. It, it was Boston. Um, he scored 27. They lost by three. So the Bucks have been just incredible when he's at his normal scoring um, self this season, which makes sense, as we've talked about. It's a team built around offense. Rohan, you mentioned Chris. Another stat that jumped out to me from tonight's game, Chris Giannis and Dame combined for 24 assists. And I think that really speaks to what we talked about. Everyone contributed because the three primaries operated in that space that they have, that they generate, and they just found guys and guys, you know, they made plays all night they long. They found each other. They found each other and and everyone. But yeah, they found each yeah. other too. And those are the most fun plays. But Chris in 26 minutes, solid minutes number. Uh, 14 points, seven assists, four rebounds, one steal, two turnovers, six for 12 from the field, and a fun development. The threes are falling, at least at least tonight, two for three from deep. That was like the one part of Chris's offensive game we hadn't really seen yet. Awesome to see him knock down two of his three attempts. 
Rohan, what else did you see from Cash Money Middleton in this game? I think it, it's it's. I'm glad you point out his assist numbers because he's been doing a lot more ball handling as of late, which I think is indicative of him sort of ramping back up into his role in this offense and on this team. Because even though we've seen similar sort of minutes before, we're starting in these last couple of games to see the ball in his hands more. He's starting to feel comfortable dictating the flow of the offense. You'll see guys like Malik Beasley get a rebound and just give it to Chris and go and start running in transition or getting their offense set up. Because, yeah, Chris is feeling more comfortable getting other guys set up. Like we'll we'll see more Giannis Chris pick and rolls. We'll see more Chris Brook pick and rolls. We'll see more Chris just sizing up guys because he's starting to come back into his own. I know we've talked about this uh, at length before the season and, and the early parts of the season, but Chris starting to come into his own. It's early December. There's like you mentioned, Jordan, there's 61 games left in this regular season and plus potentially a, a random uh, in-season tournament championship game, which counts towards nothing besides itself. Uh <laughs> But you'll you'll see like, yeah, Chris has plenty of time. He has plenty of time to get things right. And we're starting to see things go in the right direction. He's just so comfortable as a playmaker now. And I think that's probably where his role starts to develop as he ages is just and his body starts to starts to let him down a little bit, unfortunately, is, yeah, he's just going to be needing to make reads, make good passes, get other guys set up because it might be a little more difficult to break guys down on his own. But yeah, he's looking more and more comfortable doing that. This is a level of playmaking from Chris that we haven't seen before. And that's because he is usually sharing the court with Giannis and Dame. We're seeing a lot of more minutes nowadays with those three on the court together uh, compared to trying to stagger Chris away from those uh, Giannis Dame minutes into the bench lineup. And I'm sure like, I still think that Chris plus bench is a good lineup, especially when, it's those times when Giannis and Dame has to sit. If that ever has to happen in big game situations, which I don't think it does. Well, they got, uh, the, but they can steal a couple minutes. Exactly. They did exactly. Exactly. They can steal minutes because you have a guy like Chris, who is another capable ball handler, offensive weapon, playmaker. And we're seeing him really, really thrive with Giannis and Dame. Because, like I mentioned when you were bringing up assist numbers initially, Ty. You start to see these guys sort of feeding into each other. It's not just Giannis and Dame getting comfortable with each other. It's Giannis, Dame, and Chris getting comfortable with each other. They're starting to find each other in rhythm. You're starting to see, oh, Giannis, Dame, pick and roll? Okay, cool. You have Chris on the weak side corner trying to initiate a tertiary action. You you see Chris and Giannis get into an action. Okay, cool. So we have gravity force towards Dame, who's running on a foot pin down. That leaves Giannis more roll, uh, room on his roll. Like These things feed into each other because each other has such great skill sets that getting those three integrated together is so, so, so important. And, why I th- and it's why I think these assist numbers are going up for all of them is because they're able to find each other in in the in this space and I think it's it's really really good to see and nice to see um as this offense sort of starts to build its upon itself is Giannis Dame and most importantly Chris I think I've mentioned before Chris is sort of the canary in the coal mine for this Bucks offense. If Chris is not doing well, that is a sign that this offense is not doing well. Because Chris should be the guy who's the release valve when teams load up against Giannis and Dame. If Chris is not doing well, that is not a good sign. That means that defenses are allowed 
to load up on guys like Giannis and Dame. But if Chris is finding himself within the flow of the offense and finding himself in rhythm, hitting good shots, taking good shots, it's it's unstoppable. Yeah, I I agree with you in terms of we see it when the Bucks don't have Chris. We we haven't seen him in the back to back kind of nights because thankfully the Bucks haven't had a back to back in quite a, quite some time. But you see the difference of just. Whether it's him not playing at all or whether it's just a down nine for him, it's it's a huge, huge thing for this team. As they're still getting to that point of familiarizing themselves with each other and gaining that chemistry and playing together. I thought tonight, side note, I thought Adrian Griffin's rotations were like perfect. I thought he coached a really good game in terms of got guys on the floor, didn't really overuse them. Obviously, Chris's minutes going to be a little bit up more and more is a good sign in that manner too. But I just thought between that and the fact that, you know, obviously we talked about Giannis and Dane, but Chris's ability to hit shots, his threes falling, the passes that he was making tonight, whether obviously the alley-oop was just insane. (laughs) The only pass that you can make to a seven-foot guy like Giannis Antetokounmpo, or even, like, he threw this, like, it was him kind of backing down. It was like kind of like a scramble mode possession. And he just, like, Jordan Love threw a corner pass to, I think it was maybe campaign. And it was, like, only, like, really Chris can make that kind of pass. It was not a good pass, but it was, like, there is no one else. He's surveying the floor, and it's stuff like that that just kind of keeps the offense moving, keeps it side to side. We know, like, whenever you see, like, coaches at halftime interviews and all that stuff, it's always about side-to-side action, keeping the defense on their toes, rotating them and all that stuff. That, to me, is, like, obviously we know how that's – or that is the way that the Bucks' offense is supposed to operate. And when it's fire on that principle and, and everybody's kind of getting a taste of just, you know, hitting shots, making shots and getting what what's, you know, coming their way. It just, it's, it's just, a, it's a fun sight to see. We've seen the, the Bucks be this dominant juggernaut, but like, again, it's a lot different how they're operating than how we've seen it before, where they can get on this crazy shooting run before. If this feels more sustainable, this feels more like, just systematically breaking teams down. And yeah. that to me is really fun. Yeah, I mean, I feel like when they have the primaries out there, if they don't hand the ball to the opposition, which again was one of their issues in the first half, and it's teams are going to have turnovers. The Bucks are just prone to some some bad ones. And then, you know, the defense is always a little strained. When you give the offense to the other team any advantage, that's when things get real ugly for Milwaukee's defense. But, like, when they run actions with, like, most of the most of the starters out there, it feels like it's a good look almost every time. Like the shot that's taken. I mean, sometimes Giannis will freelance, whatever. You know, Brooke will freelance. Everyone at times, you know, takes a non-ideal shot. But most of the time, if they run one, two actions, it's a, a wide open shooter. It's somebody at the rim with with pretty minimal, you know, defense. It's a, a wide open mid-range shot. It's, you know, Dame, you know, all of those open uh, pull-up threes we talked about. The, the process has just felt really good. And this felt like a game where... The Knicks were just a little slow to shooters. And in the second half, I mean, we talked about this is a well-coached, hard-nosed third defense in the NBA coming in. They were shellacked. I mean, you could tell, like, they were just 
they they were running back after the Bucks had another shot. Like you can see a difference sometimes in teams. They they had the shoulders just like, dude, come on, this is <laughs> like I, uh, the Celtics Pacers game. We'll talk a little bit uh, about the Pacers and we'll do a full preview pod of that matchup as well. But like I was really impressed with Indiana because like the Celtics hit some big threes late in that game to kind of either take the lead or tie it up again. And Indiana just like they just kept running right, like they were totally unfazed. The Knicks, it ended up getting to him by that fourth quarter. You could tell there's just like, dude, this sucks. Like, we're, we can't do anything about this. And, and they couldn't. Um, on the Chris note with having, him having a lot of time before we move to Brooke, who I'm really excited to talk about tonight. This time last year, December 5th, Chris played his second game of the season as part of his first ramp up. So he would go on to play another six games or five games actually after this and then not play at all until uh, January 23rd. So already eons farther ahead. Funny enough, he started off playing 26 minutes that first recovery time last time. And then the second ramp up started around 15 and built up from there. So that certainly seemed like a lesson learned for Chris and coming back from uh, any sort of a not playing, you know, knee injury sort of situation, whatever injury, whatever surgery. Um, So certainly is ahead of where he was last year by a wide margin in terms of games played and, and availability so far. Brooke Lopez, I I said at one point during the game, like there's some Bucks defensive possessions where he is Atlas and the whole defense is on his shoulders. It's just like if, if it's Brooke but not Giannis, it's literally like you could tell everyone else on the floor is like, we just got to get him close enough to Brooke. Brooke can do it. And he did. And he did do it. I mean, Brooke Lopez in this game. Uh Game high plus 28 for the Bucs, which is ridiculous given how well Giannis and Dame played. Nine points, eight rebounds, three assists, three steals, three blocks in 33 minutes. 50% from the field. Um, He was three of four from two and one of four from three. Continues to drive the ball, continues to pass. I think him as a roller with Dame, like Brooks got that mastered. It's still a process for Giannis. Brooke is like, I know what to do. I know the passes to make. I know how to set the screen. Like, it's just beautiful. Dame's pocket passing, by the way, just art. I don't know how he does it. Th- through two guys every time. I think it's gotten... He's used to a- dealing with multiple guys around him. Well, I, it's, you know? I, I, I do, and I, that's why he's so good at it. But it is still wild just to see, like, it's so routine to him to pass through a double. Where we've seen Bucks ball handlers, it's not been very routine. Um, for Dame, it's, it's no problem. But Brooke, I mean, just like... It's an art form on both ends. Like he, for a guy who moves as slow as he does, the <laughs> way he can impact the game on both ends, the amount of control he has on the bench. I, I was just watching this game like, oh my, this guy is uh, number 11 forever. I mean, we all know that's rafters, but he is just incredible, man. I'm gushing. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's, it's what, what else can you say about Brooke Lopez? Obviously not the biggest scoring impact tonight as he has in, in sort of recent games, but I, I attribute that a lot to Mitchell Robinson, who's a guy who's given Brooke Lopez a lot of problems in the past. But just the way he impacts the game. And were there a lot of possessions where he, like the Bucks were forcing guys into little mid-range floaters and he couldn't really get out there to contest? Yeah. But were, was he allowing a lot of shots at the rim? No. No. He did he did pick up four fouls, but the Bucs had four guys get four fouls in this game. It was ridiculous. First but, half, if you breathed on uh Julius Randle, that was a foul. <laughs> so I'm not gonna hold fouls against anybody in this game. Yeah, that's that's completely fair. And it's just like, yeah, sure, he's gonna get these fouls. Like the Knicks are a hard physical team. Like they're a big physical team, and it's just like yeah, you're going to give up stuff like that at the rim sometimes. But for the most part, he was doing a good job protecting the rim. And just on offense, he's just like a hub now. And it's crazy. I just, I don't, I I, I didn't think there was another level of Brooke Lopez offense to unlock. But here we are. I mean, it's it's the added space, you know. It's, it's putting him in the middle of the floor. And you, I know we kind of... <laughs> Probably the running joke early on in his Bucks tenure was if it goes to Brooke, it's not going to go to anyone else. And by and large, that was a good. I mean, that's kind of how it is. He's going to put it up. We all we all know that. But as an improved shooter and as a guy that can always just kind of reinvent himself or add little wrinkles and just kind of extends his ability to play at a high level in the NBA in his 16th NBA season, guy just does these things like once a game that you're just like, how does he keep doing stuff like that? The, the fact that he drove by Mitchell Robinson, who's not like... Dude, that possession. I think Numa called it out in chat too. That was just it beautiful. It was crazy. Like, it's not like he's... He's very mobile for a set... How big? Seven foot one? Mitch is legit seven for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not like, you know, it, it's not ideal to have him guard on the perimeter or guard in space, but like, we're talking about Brooke Lopez. We're not talking about <laughs> David Lillard taking him out in space. Brooke Lopez just just goes through him. It's it's so he does those drives, and it just makes it, I cackle in delight of just like it's just great. Shout and then to like Vin Baker, man, Vin Baker. Um, but even on defense, like it ended in a foul. But the the possession to me, where things started to really like, I could just feel this game going even further in the Bucks' direction. Everybody's switching. It's really good possession. Brooke kind of goes, I I think it was, 
might have been Brunson or Quickly. I can't remember what guard it was. But he goes out. Quickly or Brunson is on the corner three. And he gets through him. And, or no, sorry, it was R.J. Barrett. It was R.J. Barrett. Because R.J. Barrett kind of did the foul of getting through his arm like he did in the first half. And Brooke was like, that is not a foul. But they called it against Brooke. The way that he was a bit, like, digging in to guard a, a guy that's on the perimeter and switching out on him, we've seen it before. It, it can vary to success or failure. But the way that he was just kind of locking in on a very long defensive possession just kind of showed me the, the level of just, you know, when things are clicking, we see this how this whole puzzle kind of goes together. And it's, again, I'm just going to re- keep repeating myself. I'm very excited to see what how things are coming together. Yeah, a couple of things the Bucks did surprisingly well. The Knicks only scored 50 points in the second half of this game, 24 in the third and 26 in the fourth quarter, and only like two minutes-ish when you know the teams had really given up and it was true garbage time. So the defense, in large part due to Brooke, but I, I did think the intensity in the half court was pretty good throughout the night, and it, it really showed itself in that second half. Also, I believe the Knicks had seven offensive rebounds at the half because I remember looking... And they were on pace for a pretty normal game. They averaged 13.5 offensive rebounds per game. They were on pace for 14. They only ended the game with 12. So even despite missing a lot of shots in the second half, and this is a good time to bring it up while we're talking about Brooke because his box outs are so instrumental. But New York only had probably, I think, five offensive rebounds in the whole second half. I mean, when you're looking at Knicks Bucks, you go, what do the Knicks need to win? Outstanding guard play. Didn't get it from any guard on the roster. Need the offensive rebounds. Didn't get it. Need to you know use that defense, hold down Milwaukee's offense. They couldn't. And I don't want to ascribe everything to this. Like I think they, they're getting better at executing the defense every game. To your earlier point about Griffin, I mean, they switched a lot in this game. It looked good. They, they wouldn't just randomly break down all the time. I think this team clearly has a couple of gears, and they need to figure out how to get in the high gear more often. Bulls game, cough. But like when they're in the high gear – it's different, even defensively. It's not just the offense. Like, they can execute better than we've seen. Like, to start the second half, the starting unit was defending about as well as I can remember seeing. And, again, we've seen that unit. They've played well. They have a good net rating all season. They but did it down they, the stretch against Atlanta exactly. on Saturday. That, that was like, oh, okay. Oh, like oh we, we need to win. Okay, yeah. We'll get some. Yeah. We'll really get some stops. We'll get some turnovers. Um, so really encouraging to see, like, a Bucks team that struggles defending, especially the perimeter, struggles with off- giving up offensive rebounds, a game that they felt mattered. Of course it mattered in season tournament game. Like they were just like, no, we're not going to let this team do that. I, I, I come away from this game very encouraged. But Rohan, who do you want to talk about next? I'm going to talk about Thanasis at Dedekumpo. Rohan. <laughs> He's, hey, 100% from the field, one offensive rebound, one steal? Oh, you're gonna I'm be you. you're gonna be keeping for an stock at the end I'm of the I'm telling pod. you, I'm telling you, those two minutes and twenty nine seconds were electric. Let me oh. tell you what. <laughs> let's talk about let's talk about a guy who I think had a very very underrated performance and was very encouraging. Marjan Bochamp. Okay. He, in this in the second quarter, he a few times got switched onto Julius Randle, and he held up. He held up in a in a game where Giannis was in, out due to foul trouble and Julius Randle was bullying his way to the rim every time. One guy, one guy on this Bucks team was keeping up with him laterally, and that was Marjan. He was able to not only keep up with him, he had the length to sort of disturb any shots that he was going to try to attempt. 
he did the best job of any buck trying to defend Julius Randle in that first half. I thought it was a very, very, very encouraging defensive game for Marjan. Also on the offensive end, he was doing like it wasn't anything that jumps out to you. Like he hit both of his threes. Obviously, that jumps out to you, but it wasn't. The second it, three was really a tough one. To oh, hit. a little sidestep, side lateral, lateral sidestep three. That was uh, that was money. He did have like one miscue on offense where he just sort of drives to the rim in transition. That, He's still think still thinking a little too much. The one man fast break is not Marjan. He, he overthinks fast break. A three on two, and basically all the Knicks defenders were around him, and he just didn't didn't want to pass it out. He also you dropped could, the ball at the yeah. beginning of that. That was a tough, but it you was just one possession. You can see in his head, like, oh, man, everyone's on me. But also, there's two guys next to me. They're definitely going to go fan out to them, so yep. I should keep the ball. No, just they're open past the ball. Uh, yeah. But other than that, I thought Marjan was really, really solid, showing why he has such a defensive upside. Because, yeah, he kept up in this game. And he he just, it, like, again, it wasn't the greatest offensive performance, but, it, like, it, it wasn't anything, like, bad. He was taking shots that he needed to. He was taking, like, decisive shots like that sidestep three. It was. I was impressed. I was impressed. Yeah, it has not been a, a positive week. We've seen kind of very dismal performances where it's like it looks like Marjan was lost. I felt like tonight he got back to where he should, should be. That's his role. It's to defend really well, shoot the ball when it comes your way when you're stationed behind the three-point line. Obviously, you have to improve in fast-break situations, but... I'll give him to it. It happens. Yeah, it happens to Giannis. It happens to us all. Um, but yeah, I, again, I, th- I just thought it was a more, he looked a lot more comfortable. It wasn't overthinking. It. it came very easily to him. And hitting that second three, again, that's not something we associate with Marjan's game. The fact that it you know, hit the bottom of the net, obviously, is kind of a confidence booster. So really good to see him kind of get back in the, the right track in that way. I just couldn't agree more. And also, I want to just quickly call out, I think you guys nailed pretty much everything. Only one foul in 19 minutes, which was the second most for any Bucks player. And as you mentioned, taking on a lot of big defensive assignments in a game where Randall especially was really drawing fouls effectively. Just to really, again, there was the one like deer in headlights possession, so to speak. But overall, a very solid game. Probably one of, if not his best game since opening night against the Sixers. I'm sure he's had better box scores, but this... The whole game was was very good from from Marjan. Uh, Jordan, you're up. Who who do you want to talk about next? Little Malik Beasley. Are you, are you doing the dance? Your calves not big enough. Oh, <laughs> I love the dance um, so much. I I I'm gonna I eat crow and AJ Green, but my crow is a lot bigger for Malik Beasley. The I'm here just, with you. I'm eating the guy, it up. It's we know what he can do effectively as a shooter, but the the things that he does as a shooter is very different than, say, like a Grayson Allen or a very late stage career Kyle Korver, of recent examples. Guy, it, it's kind of the the possession that stood out to me was a very broken down offense possession. He gets the ball, it circles his way after kind of Giannis, Chris, and Dame are kind of plotting, trying to like find the crack in the defense. Ball goes to Malik Beasley's way. Shot clock is winding down. Brooks sets a deep screen. Really hard shot for Malik Beasley to kind of set back and get to the three-point line. He does it effortlessly. Hits the shot. And immediately, 
I, I might be mixing this up, but he immediately stays where he is because he's got to pick up Jalen Brunson. And the thing for me is like, he's not like this. We're not going to talk about him as an, an all defensive candidate this year, as of now, at least. But Hot take. He played a, as good of a game defensively to slow down Jalen Brunson and just make him uncomfortable. The things that came very effortlessly for Jalen Brunson last time out when the Bucks played the Knicks just wasn't there. And it was very obvious. A lot of his shots were short. They were just kind of like, we know how he operates. We know how he's operated for quite some time. And I just thought Malik Beasley did as good of a, as we look at the six for 10 shooting from three, if you look at what he did defensively and the way that he just kind of engaged himself on that. And again, against the Knicks best perimeter player, that was not easy by any means. And he made it look really, really, really good. They were matching Malik. uh, Adrian Griffin was matching Malik Beasley with Jalen Brunson for that exact reason, because he was actually giving him a bit of trouble, which was crazy. You mentioned earlier, Ty, I was on, I was on Knicks fan TV pod previewing this game. Shout out to them. Uh, Make sure you check them out. Great, great Knicks coverage on blue wire. And they, I I was talking uh, and, and, I was saying like, yeah, Malik Beasley is a guy who's like, he's coming in. There's the quotes about him being like, he's going to take the toughest assignment. And you sort of laugh. Like I laughed. I, I actively laughed uh, uh, at that. And I'd still think it's 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 amusing, but it's not the worst thing I've ever seen. Just a really high praise from Rohan Kari. <laughs> Just going out of your way to to bow at the altar of Malik Beasley. There are some plays you will see of Malik Beasley playing defense, and you will know what I'm talking about. Yeah, not tonight. Not tonight. Uh, He didn't have his control. Yeah, his controller didn't die tonight. His controller dies sometimes. The thing about Beasley is I don't ever think it's effort with him. I think sometimes he gets down on himself and misses a beat, and I I look at that as a different problem. But like even like the controller died, like, like that specific play I think was against Chicago, right? Like I think he's like so looking for like a pass or something. That's and he Halliburton. Just, oh, was that Halliburton? It I, was Halliburton. I think it's happened more than once, but it has happened. Like, twice. I, I don't think it's that he just falls asleep. Like I really think he's like really in his head because he he wants to do this on defense. He wants to take on the challenge. And as we talked about, like it's admirable. Even the he clearly is not an all defensive player. To Jordan's point, it's admirable that a guy who has been an offensive player his whole career and still a, a great offensive player, as he showed in the game. Is like, no, I'll do that for this team. I want to improve there. I mean, you know, having to take vet minimum kind of makes you probably consider these things more. What a steal, by the way. My God. I mean, he's he might start all year the way he's been playing. I mean, we can talk about those conversations later. I, I don't think it's relevant right now. But certainly if you're a person who's like, they got to change the starting five so they can defend or whatever. No, no one's been even close. Now coming off the bench has been even close to as good or consistent as Malik Beasley. And just... Just the juice he has offensively. I mean, the thing about Grayson, and this isn't to dump on Grayson out. It really isn't. But what he'll do, he's so much more comfortable shooting if he has to dribble or move at all, which really matters. I mean, there was the one where he sent Dante flying out of bounds and sat there and made it. But also, like, there's very few guys who shoot a high percentage on high volume. And it's not necessarily a skill thing. It can be conditioning. Some it's just not many players want to take a ton of threes, to be honest. Like it's a lot of guys aren't comfortable doing it, especially on really good teams. Bees will take 10 and he's right up there with Dame in attempts per game. And I find this very few games where I'm like, 
oh, that was too many for Bees. Like he gets good looks. He moves with energy off ball. The ball always finds energy. And he won't hesitate. Like he takes the shots. There's just such a value in that. He is such a high-volume comfort shooter. And it really like having him out there as the guy who's going to be left open a lot is such a luxury. And he is so well-suited for that role. He'll hit the wiggle. He'll do Dude, that. Dude, I sure. love the I love the wiggle, the shimmy, whatever we're calling it. I'm such a big fan. My man's going Elvis a, out there. We need to get a video of you doing it, Todd. Maybe. We need to we need to get you to go in the streets the GSPN, of Oshkosh. Yeah. GSPN wiggle challenge. We oh, we got a, but they're they're. Um, listen, I just had a I had a ginger shot and a water tonight. I would need to have a different set of beverages. If I'm going to be doing the wiggle for public consumption, I'll just say that. I'll just. Say I'm saying that. I'm saying a video of you hitting a three in a, at a, in a basketball court in Oshkosh, Wisconsin, and then hitting the wiggle would go crazy. Now, now we're really demanding a lot. Pre-game before a herd game, <laughs> I guess on the court. They got to delay the game because it takes me too long to do it. <laughs> wait, no, I got it. Trust me, everyone. Just wait. I got it this time. We've I'll be seen people. We see people struggle. I went to a Bucks game this year where the guy did the jackpot shot, and he didn't even get to the three pointer. Oh, he missed the three -pointer. that's tough. It's, it's NBA threes are hard, man. Well, they are hard with the with the arena. I mean, it's a it's it's a lot. Um, oh, Ty saying it's the arena's fault. He's like, it's an it's an empty <laughs> gym. I'm hitting these shots yeah, all day. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Unless someone is it's the crowd noise, there. if no one's Ty there, what's the bubble? He wants the bubble. Yeah, I'm a bubble shooter for sure. Ty's a heat culture guy. I am. I am the TJ Warren uh, of the of the podcast <laughs> in many respects. No, I'm saying Ty. Next time we go, next time I come up for a herd game, we're finding a park in Oshkosh and we're doing that and we're getting this video. Well, there should be some conceit. I shouldn't just have to do this for no reason. I'll do it too. That's not good enough. You're gonna look what good you doing it. <laughs> what do you want then uh let me think of a good a, 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 a truly exceptional bees game okay How about 10 made threes is that too much he made six tonight Ooh, that might be too much Ten's a lot what do you hit in that um what raptors game did he go team? off the raptors I mean, he's gone off in that a couple games I, i'm saying like 10 because no i'm not gonna let you talk me down because what did you say the nasus needs 40 points and i'll buy a jersey you know chris chris needs 50 against the boston celtics in boston and i'll buy a jersey i my my thing is fine i'm in, in that situation i'm spending money you I would just have to go my hard-earned social capital i am <laughs> I think losing it, would, it i think i think that video will go crazy i think too the but most... not for the right he's hit eight this year yeah, that's the most he's hit this year. I'm saying 10. 10 threes? Okay, we have threes. it on the record. 10 threes, I hit a three and do the wiggle. Okay, set in stone. I feel like Windhorse on the hoop. I'm just getting bullied into doing stuff now. <laughs> um, campaign or Bobby? Oh, it's my pick. Let's talk about Campaign, who I actually thought has put together a pretty nice week and overall a, a pretty good season for Milwaukee. I think... There's certainly the games when he kind of vanishes, but it's nice that it's not just threes or nothing. Like he'll make some nice, he had a nice runner in the Hawks game in the fourth quarter that in the time was a pretty important bucket. And this game was five for six from the field, two for three from deep, meaning he did not miss a two. He's really got that floater down at this point in the year. 
He also chipped in two rebounds, two assists, one steal, and one turnover. It was a bad turnover in transition. But 12 points off the bench for him, 13 for Bobby, who we saved for last year. Um, which is what we've said, though. The Bucks need that bench contribution. The, the worst games have been they get nothing from the bench. You know, in large, everyone on the bench, I think, really played well to an extent. But certainly campaign has been one guy who he, he's willing to take those shots. I think he's a guy like Griffin seems to trust defensively, but no, he's limited. I think more limited than Beasley probably. Um, it, it's just tough, I think, with his size. But overall, this was a nice game. He finds ways to contribute and you know, 12 points in 14 minutes. It's no joke. It's 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 good shooting from campaign. I mean, he's going to be a guy who's consistently sort of, as as we've seen throughout this young buck season, he has his spells of being in a down shooting slump, a high shooting, like a a good shooting uh, streak is what it should be saying. And uh, he he's a guy where he, there were a couple possessions in this game early on where he was a pick and roll ball handler with I think Bobby. And he would go drive uh, down the left side towards the rim, like sort of on the outside and to- like on the baseline side. And he would just like be telegraphing that he's going for a pass. And then like Mitchell Robinson or whoever, Isaiah Hartenstein, I think at the time, would just keep shading towards the pass. And he's like, okay, cool. I'm just going to hit these off glass sort of floater shots. And it's like, yeah, that's the type of shot that campaign has sort of made a career on is these sort of weird in-between little floater shots because he's not. He's a small guy. He's What is he going to do, like dunk on guys at the rim? No. Like, he's not going to finish through contact. He's going to get blown away like a twig. Like, no, he has to hit these he's, these sort of, uh, like these in-between sort of leaner shots, and that's that's what he's good at. So being able to have a guy who can consistently go and do that is good for the Bucks, and also like he's another guy who's a willing three-point shooter as well. It's just the defensive side of the ball. I know Ty, you just said Adrian Griffin sort of trusts him defensively. He's not going to make a lot of mistakes, like overt mistakes on the defensive end. Someday he's just going to get overpowered, and there's nothing you can really do about that. But it's 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 an obvious flaw, and it's it's there, it's present, but it's not an effort thing. Yeah, I mean, if he's doing his job on offense, whether that's just executing the offense and running it and the bare minimum that way or if he's giving hitting shots from three getting downhill getting those the the funky in-between shots that he's made a career of out of or out of as Rohan said you'll take what you get defensively it, it that's kind of what the lot that he's in we've seen DJ Augustine play for the Bucks it was very brief We've oh seen, God! We've seen. Uh, oh, I was excited point. about that, Jordan. I know we all were because it's like, oh, this guy kind of profiles as a guy that would succeed well around Giannis. And the thing about DJ Augustine that you can't really say about campaign or to the level of campaign. is that he was traded for a, an actual winning piece. <laughs> Um. Well, he would just fly happened. out of bounds. I've never Bro, seen anything like it. His pick <laughs> and rolls. He would. He looked like a bowling pin that got hit. DJ Argus, he was really small. Yeah, like he would just get obliterated, and that would in- include what he was doing offensively. Like campaign. Like he had that bad that bad turnover where he's kind of pushing the pace, gets too rushed, and is like sworn by Knicks defenders. But when he's on the ball, like he has a good sense of just keeping things moving, doing what he needs to do. And 
that to me is like that's kind of that's the whole point of why the Bucks got him in the first place is that you don't we're we're past the point of the George Hill kind of caretakers in that sense of just like we know what we'll get from you as a as a kind of guy that sets the table, but we'll expect you to kind of be the a, a key cog defensively. Campaign is out there to get buckets if he's you know shooting <laughs> well, and to me like coming after the Hawks game where he really put in his best performance of the season, he kind of did the same things that we saw from that game going into this game of just hitting those kind of funky in between sh- shots that at the time were really necessary to kind of keep going with the Knicks and, and obviously we'll take it when he's got it going. Despite falling off from leading the league in three-point shooting, Cameron Payne is still after this game at 45.9% from deep. So he's found a, a rhythm there and 50% from the field overall. Somehow that is third among fellow vet minimum veterans in the rotation as Malik Beasley is shooting 46% from three on 6.6 attempts per game. And of course, Jay Crowder, who has not played in a while, is still at 51.6%. I mean, that's who that's going to drop. Boss man, 9-9. Thank you. Is still at uh, 51.6%. So uh, these shout out to John Horace real quick. I mean, we're not doing transactions. We're having too much fun, but... Uh, this is uh, one hell of a trio of vets to have on vet minimum deals who are really big parts of the rotation and who have played super well. Don't sleep on these guys. <laughs> nah, nah, Long, nice. There we go. Oh, nice way to team me up, Ty. <laughs> so you mentioned sleep. One thing I like to do is are if you are using the sleeper app for daily fantasy basketball, I like asking people that question because I know I am. Uh, we'll talk about one guy in a little bit, but Bobby Portis, he's been a little bit cold uh, in terms of like his overall production. He's been, but he has been showing up on the offensive end of the court. So I'm going to continue to take his uh, go higher on his projections for points and rebounds in this, in his upcoming games. Do you think, you know, basketball, then try to turn your basketball knowledge into real money with the sleeper app the ultimate fantasy sports app that can turn game day into payday. Just download the sleeper app and pick more or less on your favorite players with more stats than any other daily fantasy app. Just choose two or more of your favorite players from pregame or live. You can do live betting or picking, which is what I like to do here. Uh, Pick more or less from the predicted stats and you could win up to a hundred times your money. If your picks win, Bonus, you can use promo code Eurostep, all one word, G-Y-R-O-S-T-E-P, and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. It is currently operational in over 25 states, including the state of Wisconsin. Make sure you check out Sleeper today. Greatest state in the union. I'm glad you uh, mentioned Bobby Portis there. I've been saying that. I don't know how ironically I've been saying that. It's not shady. I just love Wisconsin. Anyway. I've, I've been feeling the Wisconsin pride lately too, you know. It's a great place. It's just really – we're saying this in December. You know, that show that tells you That's hell of a state. Man. Hell of a state. Um, I'm glad you brought up Bobby because I, I wanted to and I forgot to say this, but you just picked it up. That's that – the chemistry the Bucks are building on display here on this three-man podcast. But – Let's start our book stock market combo with Bobby Portis tonight. And we can use it to talk about his game as a whole and then kind of buzz through the, the rest of the Bucks who may have had movements. I'm, I'm, gl- I'm glad you used buzz because uh, Bobby was getting buzz sawed on defense. Yeah. 
Uh, he was. Uh, at one point, inbounded the ball to Jalen Brunson oh, for three of his boy. points on the night, which was far from ideal. Um, just uh, He set some good screens. People called that out. He knocked down some shots. He missed a wide-open putback after an offensive rebound early in the game. You know, he he scored. I think he ended up with 13 points. I mean, he offered no resistance to Julius Randle. And I found that concerning. I mean, Julius Randle's good. It's not that Bobby should lock down Julius Randle. But that's the kind of offensive player that, like, Bobby should be a pretty good matchup against relatively, right? Like an ISO? I mean, some of the It looked like it initially, right? But then it just didn't happen at all. Yeah. Um, so that that was rough. I guess the question is call him call him Ruff Ruffman. Is that a, is what that is a that? reference? What? That's a reference to it's like a kids TV show. I think. Hold Ruff, on, I'm not Ruffman? crazy. Is that hold a, on? I'm not crazy. Is that the one with the the dogs who fight crime? The Ruff Ruffman show. Um, what? It's. <laughs> Ruff Ruffman and his friends solve science problems Stop and answer questions Ruff through. Ruffman. I don't like the way you say it. What did What did you watch us the um, um, just Quibi? Ion Quibi. It was PBS Quibi. Kids. This is a Quibi exclusive. I don't think I don't think I ever watched. Yeah, I never watched it. It came. In, it started in 2017. How oh my god! It lasted. Wait, what? There's no way it lasted seven days. How did you know this reference? October 14th or October 4th, 2017, final episode date. First episode date, September 28th. What the hell? <laughs> this is I, I want to note, I'm glad we I'm glad we got to a weird Rohan uh <laughs> recollection. Pete, everyone's taking my side that it's not it, it's not weird to not know what year is a leap year off top. I feel very validated. I felt very dumb in the moment. I agree with you. Um it's next year, yeah. obviously. It was an online show that premiered on September 28th, 2017. It ran until... I thought Jordan was going to take us to Bobby Portis, but no, we're on and off Ruffman. No, you're good. (laughs) Oh, so it lasted less than a month. Yeah. Wow, how do I know what this is? I was not a child when this aired. I think you watched it, Rohan. (laughs) I did not watch this show. Why do I know about this show? (laughs) Back to the rough roughman on the basketball court tonight. Um, Bobby, yeah, it was it was a tough night for him. I would have thought the same thing that could he handle or hang with Julius Randle when he's got it dialed in. The answer was unequivocally no. <laughs> um, and I don't know, like you just kind of have to live with it. And I think part of it too was Giannis getting that third foul. And it's like, well, are they going to roll the dice, Vegas? Are they going to roll the dice and, and play him more? Or are they going to go back to Bobby just to kind of finish out the half? They obviously go to Bobby to finish out the half. And Julius Randle wasn't really quieted by any means. So. Yeah, I think for stock tonight, I, that's definitely a down. Even when he, what did he finish with? Nine points, I'm seeing? Or sorry, no, 13 points, five and nine shooting. Like he did decently on offense, but defensively, it was just not there. So so the Rough Ruffman show was actually a follow-up to Fetch with the Rough Ruffman, which lasted five <laughs> seasons and was 100 episodes. So I'm not insane, okay? <laughs> He teamed you up so good to talk about Bobby. 
And you just brought more rough, rough men to the, to the show instead. I mean, I just had to make sure. I was like, why am I like crying right now? <laughs> why do I know about this show? Uh, I'm CBS Sa- Kids that aired Sammy, for a month. Sammy in chat said uh, the yellow dog named Rough. It sounds like yeah, he... Yeah, this, this one first aired in 2006. And then went till 2010. Great. In June, in June 2008, oh, the series more. received its first Emmy for Best Original Song for its theme. I rest my case. Sure. What was your case? Ross Rothman gets an upstock. No. <laughs> We're not putting that on the sheet, please. Uh, but but Bobby, I think I think <laughs> Andrew says is Rowan having a stroke. I think I am. Uh, um, but uh, yeah, I think I'm gonna. I, I'll agree with a Bobby down. Um, yeah, I thought he played better in the second half, but I'm fine if we're going to say not well enough to avoid the downstock because I was pretty, pretty incensed with the first half. So I think that is a, that is a fair valuation, fair if tough. Hope to see a, a big Bobby bounce back uh, in the rest of this tournament. They will need him. But let's go through. I mean, I think pretty confident. Just slap one each on Giannis and Dame. Yeah. Um, yeah. That seems fair for sure. Chris, Jordan's always ready to give one to Chris. It's, I think so. I think Chris has been teetering on an up for a little bit. He hasn't gotten an up in like seven games. Yeah. So I think so. Seven assists will kind of do it too. Hit the threes again. Yeah. Wasn't really wasn't noticeably bad defensively. I don't think. No, actually, I thought they. I thought he did really well on. Um, RJ. Yes. Yeah, I, I thought would his agree. length kind of bothered RJ in, in after a hot start. That, that I did not see that coming with RJ Barrett kind of setting the tone for the Knicks early. It's had a weird year. Really weird year. Intriguing uh, player, but I don't. I don't still know what to think of him. I think that's the, they don't either, and he's on a second contract now, which is a little problematic. Or at least he signed it by now, I'm pretty sure. Um, I think Brooke Lopez is pretty obvious here. Is it that obvious? I think, yeah. I I am I think I would go with the Rohan. Really? No, no, I will say he was two assists, two assists, two steals, and two blocks short of a five by five. So he was fifty percent off in each category. Yes. A little less. A little less. <laughs> I mean, it's like I just, going from a it's like going for five seasons forty percent off. Excuse with me, rough Ruffman to the rough Ruffman. Goddamn rough Ruffman! And now I swore. Now I did the thing. I'm not gonna count it. I don't think that counts. Um, I just felt like he was so important defensively. I know he didn't shoot the three very well. He's already in the thirties. Okay. okay, can we call it a half? No. What? We don't do halves. Uh, we, the informal half. No so it's halves. Oh, the, infor- in, yeah, the informal half. half. Yeah, informal yeah. half, yes. Yeah, informal if he has another half, game yes. akin to this one, I think he deserves it. But I'm okay. Yes, for sure. For sure. It easy. Uh, our guy Malik Beasley, probably for sure. I mean, are we talking two for this game? I think one. Uh, one. We gave him two when he went thermonuclear. So He kind of went thermonuclear defensively, though, is my thought. I mean, this is the best two-way game we've probably seen from him. And he hit six of ten threes. What's he at? Sixteen? Yeah. Yeah, I'm fine with two. I mean that that kind that will equalize him with Bobby, which I feel like is I think that's fair. More than fair in this moment in this season so far. 
Did we see enough from Marja? Um, flashes, but I don't think that we saw. We saw a good. We'll give him an informal informal half. half. I'm, yeah, informal I'm fine half. with that. It's been a while since he's gotten enough stock. Uh, I think then the last one, I guess. Oh, AJ Green. AJ Green's easy. Oh, never mind. I, I was looking at Livingston. AJ Green's an up. It's an up. Yeah, I think he's continues to like, and he, he does the other stuff well still. Yeah. AJ Green. Yeah, up to nine. Um, campaign. Does he get another one, or do we chill because he just got one up to twelve? We'll chill. We'll chill. It's a nice game. It was a. It was a good game though. We'll chill. We'll give him are another we, half. Are, but are we only chilling because we gave out a lot already? I mean, this was probably yes, their best we're win. We're trying, this was probably we're trying. their best win of the season. It was their best win of the season, easily. I think that I think the fact that it wasn't I don't know, it's weird. The part of the stock element of this is like, do you still give them a stock even though that all the starters besides Brick were lights out? Um you had guys flash on the bench. Like campaigns, twelve points were needed tonight, but they also won by twenty four. Like it's stuff like that that I always think. How does that determine the stock? Yeah, I'll, I'll wait out. Definitely an informal half. I mean, just the game. Yeah, I mean, it's five for six from the field. They won his bench minutes by seven points. Twelve points. But is, the, is that is that what we're starting to expect? No. We expect. I mean, we expect it to be pretty good half the time, but this was quite good, I would say. Okay, are we doing the the six ups then? Given given campaign enough, what do you say, Jordan? Final yeah. final decision. Yeah, up yeah, or, that's up fair. Or down. I'll let Jordan determine. I mean, I, I once upon a time I did like soda. Do we give out seven seven up? I'm in. So um, who's the seventh up then? Campaign. Yeah. I mean, we had six or five before that. Oh, yeah, seven movements. Oh. Do we give Griffin one to make it seven up? I don't know. Let's do it. Do I we? Think, Wait, let's talk it. it through. Let's not just do it. Let's stir some shit. <laughs> oh, now, we, now it's definitely explicit. <laughs> Jordan. <laughs> um, he's still sitting at three. He has not I'm had running any out movement. of characters on this tweet. He has not had any movement since game 11. <laughs> He got an upstart. A lot of characters. We actually can't give Griffin. Well, you can put you can put last names. People will know. You can we can do some maneuvering on the tweet. Can you do Griff? Okay, I'll take out the Tetacupo. Yeah, let's be honest. It's people. I think they'll figure it out. Um, but but have we seen enough from Griffin for an upstock? It's a real it's a real question. I think so. I think this offense is really coming together. And I think I mean they've clicked. I mean I have the numbers up now since they started dropping. They are thirteenth in defense, third in offense, and third in net over a seventeen game sample. So just coming out those first four games. So I mean they've just been very, they've been elite again. Even though it it, it kind of seems like they suck sometimes when you look at the numbers. They've been an elite basketball team over more than a month now, uh, and they're undefeated in the in season tournament. They go to play. Indiana on Thursday night, the Thursday afternoon, Thursday at like 4.30 p.m. for some reason, yeah, uh, which is super weird. Uh, but we'll do a bubble. Yeah, we will do a, a pregame pod uh, for that matchup as well. Look out for that probably early on Thursday, I think. But not going to talk too much about it now, but make sure to make sure to tune in. Try and get out of work early or pull it up at the office if you have to. Don't get fired, but don't want to miss. It's going to be an electric game. I mean, I think the Bucks will be looking for some revenge 
without Dame, and I'm really excited that it's the Pacers. Hopefully, Tyrese Halliburton doesn't have too many more heroics left in the tank. I mean, by God, against Boston. I will say it'll be fun if he does. It'll be fun if he has like just barely not enough. The last crazy pull up three rims out, and it's a Bucks win, and they get to go play either the Lakers, the Suns, or the Pelicans. Who are as recording Lakers and Suns are tied up right now. It's a good game. Really, I thought the Lakers were up like twelve. No, it's a tie game. My bracket's looking good, folks. I think Kevin Durant is happening. That'll happen. Uh, so my bracket was everything that's happened so far, Suns win, and then Bucks suns final, which I think would be – I think that's probably about as good as you could get for the in-season tournament given the games, the teams that came in. Are you trying to, are you trying to think about ratings there, Ty? I'm really focused on ratings, um, and I think that's going to be horrible ratings because nobody who likes basketball is like – do I want to see a, a finals rematch, one of the best finals in recent history? Do I want to see... Or do I watch Rough Ruffman? Rough Ruffman. I think my answer is... That's actually, that's actually what they're calling uh, the new season of winning time about this year's Lakers. Rough Ruffman, the Darvin Ham story. Sorry, Darvin. I love you. LA doesn't. I do. Uh, <laughs> oof. Oof. That would be an awesome... I mean, you, that, that matchup, I think, that would be the most excited... Like, I think that, like, for the in-season tournament final, the KD rematch, the Suns rematch, two elite superstars on both ends, I mean, that would be fun. I'm here for fun. Oh, yeah. Definitely, definitely here for fun and definitely here for the Bucks making that in-season tournament final. Vegas, Hopefully baby. They can... Vegas, baby. The rich get richer. <laughs> that was so funny. Giannis is – Giannis, I don't know if he – if he's intentionally this funny, but he's he's one of the funniest dudes with just random quotes. Did you see this, George? Just uh, I did. Just on, I did on the this. spot. For those who didn't see it, he was getting interviewed uh, after the game uh, by TNT, and they told him about the hundred thousand dollars that he had gotten as the minimum uh, cash prize for going to Vegas. It, it'll get up to five hundred thousand dollars if they win the in-season tournament. And uh, I think Giannis said, "Oh, we we get a cat, we get we get money for this." And he's like, "Yeah, you're just learning about this." It's like, "Hey, rich get richer." <laughs> it's like, hey, it's an important thing though. There's people already worried about how the Bucks could resign Malik Beasley, and it is going to be difficult the way he's playing. But you you know, just hey, in the negotiations, hey, you know, Vetman plus, you know, we're we're a tournament team, baby. At least 100k this year, next year. Factor that in before you make your final decision. Could we look at an extra million over two years, Malik? Something to think cup, about. Cup material. Big cup team. I can't believe you didn't make it. Did you make a single Terry Stotts joke on the pod, Jordan? No. I Very learned the error of, of my ways. I did tweet about it, though. It, it was in the chat, too. Somebody put it in chat. It might have been Andrew. Yeah. And uh, people people were liking that. He didn't want a cup run. Couldn't, couldn't withstand the pressure of the in-season tournament NBA Cup. I think Andrew said uh, the Rough Ruffman show lasted longer than Terry Stotts. <laughs> is that, oh. Is this the new Kardashian marriage? Yeah, the, the length of the Rough Ruffman show, less than a month. Andrew confirms. Um, also, one last thing, unless you guys have other stuff. The TNT crew disrespecting what A.J. Green did at Northern Iowa by only compiling Division One. Single elimination tournament statistics, I believe, for their graphic. Disrespectful. 
That man had. See, a, I watched. I watched Valley Sports Wisconsin. So I had. I have no idea of this. I mean, it wasn't actually disrespectful, but you know, you you discount what a guy does. Neutral site versus Drake, and you see what happens. You see what happens. Don't also, I love that, that they're comparing NCAA tournament games when the Bucks have literally won an NBA title. Not yeah. single elimination, though, so that but doesn't they, really factor if, in at if all. If we're talking high-pressure situations. Nope. Different, different. The Nova guys, I mean, you saw out there, they clearly had an edge. Clearly. What did, what did Dante put up in this game? It was honestly, I, I expected more of a revenge game, and it didn't happen. Seven points. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know the little drama with Randall and the Knicks, by the way, before this season? No. Do you know the Knicks have their CAA and Nova thing that's like their fetish? Oh, he's yeah, he left he? CAA, yeah. That's right. Turns out being being the salary chunk in every star trade they lost over is not good for a relationship. Who would have known? <laughs> Who would have thought? Who would have thought? It? Oh, man. Do we have anything else we need to cover on this pod here? Uh, I have a couple more rough, rough bin thoughts, but we can save that for our next episode, Rohan. So uh, Fetch with Rough Roughman is a reality-based <laughs> game show where young contestants take on various challenges to gain points. During these challenges, they must complete various tasks assigned to them ahead of time and on the fly by rough and surrogates depending on the situation. There is also an educational component, as contestants must often learn something such as astronomy, puzzles, carpentry, engineering, food science, biology, chemistry, physics, and mathematics to complete the task. You can't just put puzzles in like it's a like <laughs> it's a field with the rest of us. Yeah. I'm measured in puzzles. <laughs> Cultural references again. Yes, stars. Is there a video game? Can we make Numak stream the video game on his Twitch? There's a the rough states at one point. I feel like Shaq in the free throw line referencing Shaquille O'Neal. It all comes back to basketball, baby. They released uh, Fetch Talk, which is a TikTok based challenge where Rough asked viewers to record themselves performing his challenges and posting them on the app. Um, I don't, I don't have any rough stuff left, and now I now I kind of regret bringing it back there because I think we we got oh, wait, more main characters. Yep. Rough Ruffman, Blossom, whose full name is Princess Blossom Pepperdoodle Von Yum Yum, <laughs> <laughs> and then Chet. This Jim, Jim Conroy fella, he really is. Um, he's his voice is all over these characters. Oh my goodness! Now Numak's fact checking me on if you and I is D one. Believe or it not. is. It is D one. They've been in the Division Two tournament too, but that was a long oh time. Oh my ago. goodness! Okay, if we're talking about D two, we should probably wrap this up here. We should <laughs> yeah, only I focus guess, on I guess that's things. my L. I thought. I focus thought, on important things. Back to rough, rough. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's get back to rough, rough. Sorry about that, guys. <laughs> no, I think we can wrap this up. Say thank you for listening to this Eurostep Win and Six crossover here on GSPN. Make sure you're subscribed wherever you are listening to this, whether you're watching it live here on YouTube. We appreciate everyone who's tuned in live. Make sure you're subscribed and turned on notifications so you know next time we go live. 
And like Ty mentioned up top, we are going to have you guys covered. We're going to have a Pacers preview podcast. We're going to have a post-game podcast after Bucks pacers on Thursday. And if they advance to the in-season tournament finals, we will also have you covered with pre- and post-game uh, coverage here at GSPN. So make sure you're subscribed wherever you're listening to this, whether that be in your podcast platform of choice or watching as YouTube, like I mentioned earlier. Check out gspn.info for all of our links to all of our podcasts. Uh, pod random, and we will talk to you next time. Fetch. Fetch.